I want to welcome you to this beautiful series we are looking at, this idea of the God who can, the God who can. I'm saying that when you look at this picture, this picture has stuck with me because it really defines what the year has been so far. Uh, we have seen helicopters crash and famous people die. We have seen volcanoes erupt. And right now we are experiencing the coronavirus right now. I don't know what's going to be happening in the month of March. But so far it's not looking good. And so I'm suggesting that in spite of what we see, there is a God out there. I know that sometimes we think that God doesn't exist. We feel like God doesn't exist. But I'm here to tell you that God does. And we understood last week that God sees us. Right? There, is, there are these three people. Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. Sarah is the wife of Abraham. Hagar is the maid of Sarah. Sarah doesn't have kids. And so she doesn't feel like she's being seen in society. So she asked her maid to marry her husband, crazy, right? But ask her maid to marry her husband so that she can be seen in society as a woman who has given birth. But instead of being seen in society, her own maid despises her. And so she's not seen. But the end of the story is this. God is able to see this woman we call Hagar and say to her, I'm going to bless you. And I want you to understand that whatever situation you are going through, whatever, uh, whatever place you find yourself, I want you to know that God sees you. He sees you and God hears you, right? Uh, but today I want to describe God in another fashion as the God who multiplies you. Can we turn to the word of God real quick? Uh, so that we have a basis for our text, uh, I mean our, our, our sermon. Uh, and I want you guys to turn to Genesis chapter 17. And as you know, we were in Genesis chapter 15 when we talked about the God who rewards you. Last week, the God who sees you. This week, the God who multiplies you. And last, next week, you got to come back to get another idea. But turn with me to Genesis 17. And I want to read from the King James Version of the Bible. Genesis 17. Uh, uh, kindly stand as we read the, the, the words of scripture uh, together. I just want to pick up verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, and 5, and, and 10. And so please join me as we read the words of scripture together. Basically, this passage is coming after Abraham has had a kid by Hagar, right? So the text says, and when Abram, everybody say Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to who? Abram. And said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That's simply saying, live your life for me. Make me the center of your life. That's what God is telling Abraham. Then he says, look at this. I want you to notice this. God says to Abram, I will make my covenant between me and thee. God likes to make agreements between you and him. Just, just you and him. He likes to have a personal encounter. Just you and him. He says, I will make my covenant between you and me. 
Then he says in, in, the, in, in that same verse, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. Everybody say multiply. And Abram fell on his face because he was taken by these words and talked with God saying, God saying, God spoke, spoke to him and says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. Thou shalt be a father of many nations. Listen, listen the verse 5 is important. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name should be called Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. For a father of many nations, I have made you. In other words, the father who multiplies. I'm going to make you the father who multiplies. Hallelujah. I love that. And in verse 10 says, this is my covenant, which you, Abraham, you're no longer Abram, but Abraham, you shall keep this. You shall observe this between me and you and thy seed after you every man child shall be circumcised everybody say circumcised the God who multiplies everybody say the God who multiplies you let's pray let's pray father I want to give you all the glory and all the honor and please take this moment from me because if you don't take it from me I'm going to mess it up but if you take it from me and you make it your own, somebody is going to leave you something here tonight. Thank you, God. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> there is a failure in this congregation. This person has failed to multiply something. It could be a businessman who knows economics, but the profit margin is still in the valley, not on the mountaintop. It could be a teacher who gives her best to give lessons to her students, but yet when she gives exams, only one or two pass the exams. There is a failure in this congregation. It could be a student who has the degree, but they don't have the job. It could be somebody who loves to exercise and, and they wake up early and, and they go to the gym and they sign up for gym membership and they have a personal trainer, but the belly is not flat, it's round still. I'm talking about failures who have tried it all. I'm talking about failures who have put in the effort and the energy. They have sweated blood and tears, but their efforts have not multiplied the things that they have wished for. There is a failure in this congregation who has tried to multiply something without God's approval. A businessman has multiplied profits, but is stuck with lawsuits. A person has a valentine's, but every night they drown themselves in tears and sorrows. 
an employee uh, here took a job knowing that it will compromise a family time and and that's what has exactly happened because the family is at the brink of being separated I'm talking about failures who have either given their very best to something or because God has not been a part of the picture, they are uh, have multiplied, yes, they have achieved some kind of a success, but they're not really happy with, what, with, with what's going on. Yes, you have multiplied, you have tried it all, but it ain't working. And yes, it has been multiplied, but... You are not really satisfied. Two kinds of failures. Now you see, in spite of our failures, it is very important for us to consider the God who multiplies. It is very important that we look not at what we cannot do, what we have failed to do, that we, we focus on the God who is able to bring us to a place that is... Uh, allows us to experience his grace. Uh, we understood last week that this man called Abraham is suggested by his very wife, the one that he has said I do to, the one he has said in sickness and in death to. He is suggested by his very wife that he is to marry uh, this woman called Hagar. And he agrees to this particular situation. And yes, he is multiplied because he's able to have a baby that he never had. And so he has made that, uh, uh, that kind of progress and that multiplication in his life. But the problem is this. Abraham finds himself in the quicksand of trying to please two women. <laughs> Abraham finds himself in a, in a particular issue where he's not at peace in his home because his wife keeps bugging him and saying, Abraham, you have, have done bad to me because of this woman no longer respects me. So Abraham is a troubled man. His wife doesn't have the respect that she wants and Hagar becomes a runaway slave. So God comes to him, the, the God who multiplies comes to him in verse number one as we read. And the Bible says Abraham was at the age of 99 and, and God comes to Abraham and says to Abraham, Abraham, I am the almighty God. I am the almighty God and I want you to understand that in spite of your failure, in, in spite of what you're going through, I am the almighty God. Don't forget that. I am El Shaddai. Now every time God introduces himself as El Shaddai, it means that he is about to multiply something. <laughs> I'm not yet preaching, but I hope you're going to follow what I'm saying. Every time God came to a patriarch and he said, I am God Almighty, God was about to multiply the situation. But God tells Abraham, Abraham, I want you to understand something. I am my Almighty God, but I need you to walk perfectly before me. Your life hasn't been what it should be. Your faith hasn't been what it should be. You have left me. That is why you have multiplied. Yes, but you are not happy because I have not been a part of the process. You have become, you, you and Hagar have become pregnant, but I did not sanction the pregnancy. <laughs> 
And so God has to tell Abraham, Abraham, I am the God who multiplies. And allow me to bring you to the big idea of what I'm trying to present to you this uh, afternoon is that multiplication centers on divinity. Everybody say divinity. And so in verse number two, we understand this concept because God says, I am the God who multiplies. I multiply exceedingly. And so I want you to understand that it is God who has the power to multiply. In other words, multiplication is God's business. But now notice, look at the text. It says, Abraham, I make my covenant with you. And therefore, I'm going to multiply you. Oh, Lordy, please don't miss me, my brother. Look at me. You see, the text is saying, before I can multiply you, there has to be some kind of relationship. Because a covenant represented an agreement between two people. And so when two people have a covenant, it means that there are certain privileges and there are certain guarantees. And because of these guarantees, there are certain outcomes. I call the guarantees outcomes. And so allow me to explain what I'm trying to say. You see, when, a, when, a, when an employee is employed, they, 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 they get a job. And they get paid from that job. And the outcome of that job is what? Money. Are you understand what I'm saying? And when a, a mother, I'm not a mother, but a, a man and a woman, they make a covenant and they, they come together in marriage, they outcome is that they're going to have a child and so understand me and I want to make this point very very clear to you that when you are in a relationship with God there are certain guarantees there are certain outcomes that God says to you look if you enter a relationship with me I guarantee your multiplication okay Lord I get you Mm -hmm. you're gonna multiply me That's exactly what God's going to do. And you can expect God to do that because God says, you and me, we're in an agreement. And so God is telling Abraham, Abraham, slow down. I know it hasn't worked out because you and me haven't been in a right relationship. And so let's get back to what defines us. Let's renew our relationship. And when the relationship is renewed, Sister Audrey, and you know what I mean? When that is renewed, then we are going to be in a good relationship. And when we're in a good relationship, then I am able to do the things that you want me to do for you. But you know what happens is that uh, there are times, hear me carefully, there are times that uh, people are able to multiply themselves. Right? Uh, a, A robber can go to the bank and because he robs the bank, he can multiply his income. Are we Are we together? Right? Two people that don't know each other can sleep together and they have a kid. They multiply themselves. You understand what I mean? But that multiplication has not been sanctioned by God. So it is possible, yes, to multiply ourselves when God hasn't said yes. But that doesn't mean that we should go in that direction. And so I want you to understand that when we are to be multiplied according to God's purpose, is that we are walking the way that God has envisioned for us to walk. We are doing the things that God has said, yes, this is what you should be doing. And so you need to ask yourself, yes, I got this job. Yes, I got this relationship. Yes, I got this promotion. Yes, I got this. I got. But is God okay with that? 
Is it divinity given? Has divinity given its approval? Or have I simply approved myself? You know how it is sometimes. Can you imagine this situation? Somebody comes to you and says, okay, um, I bought you something. Oh, thank you very much. Where do you buy it? Uh, actually, I went into your bank account and I used your credit card to buy it. How are you going to feel about that? You're not going to be happy. And so many of us, we, we, we do something, right? And, and then we say, God, look, God, this is, you know what? I did it for you. Can you please bless this? And I want you to understand, how is God supposed to take that? God tells you, no, 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 no. hey, listen, that's your business. I can't get involved in that. You deal with the consequences. So my brother and my sister, we cannot treat God as somebody who we do something and then he approves it later. No, God must be a part of the process from the beginning uh, to the middle to the very end. Are you understand what I'm saying? And so you cannot multiply yourself. You might, but you're not going to be happy. Because there is always something that is going to irk at you. There is always something that is going to tell you, man, why did I do this? Or if you do it, you're going to meet a lot of problems in the end. If God hasn't approved it. So God is in charge of multiplication. My brother and my sister, he is, he is the one. So go to him. You want God to multiply your business? Ask him. You want God to multiply children in your house? Ask him to do that. You want the profit margins to go up? Ask him to do that. You want God to bring you to another country? Ask him to do that. You are a teacher, Sister Kartika, and you want your students to get all A's? Hallelujah. Ask God to do that. Amen? Because he's in charge of it. And you can expect it because you are in a relationship with him. Right? Are you understand what I mean? I mean, every wife in here can go to her husband and say, Honey, I need a credit card. And the husband should give it because she's in a relationship with him. Sister Laura, hallelujah. But also the husband can go to you and say, honey, I need food. And you should give the food. Hallelujah. So because we are in a relationship with God, we can expect God to do certain things. We can expect God to bless us. Amen. So I will multiply you. My brother and my sister, I'm telling you here today, if you're in the right place with God, ask God for those things that you want. Don't feel shy about it. Shyness is not a spiritual gift. Shyness is not a sign of spiritual humility. No, tell God, God, I come. <laughs> you promised me health. Give me the health that I need. Multiply that for me. And God will say, okay, yeah, you, 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 you deserve that. I'm going to give it to you. But sometimes he'll say, you know what? Maybe 2020 is not the right time. I want to do it for you in 2021. Because in 2021, it's going to be the best year for you. Because in 2021 is a time when there's no, going to be no coronavirus. So if I give you a kid in 2020, the, the cow might get coronavirus. So I'm going to wait until 2021 when there is no more coronavirus. Because you trust God enough that he's going to do it at the right moment. You see, when you are in sync with God, God will greatly multiply you. That's it. You know, and, and one of the things that I love about technology these days is that if you work on your computer, right, you're writing an assignment. Carlo, you're writing an assignment on Word document, whatever it is, you're writing an assignment. And if it is your laptop is synced to your phone, guess what? You just pick up your phone and you continue writing. I understand what I mean. 
So it, it tells me something that if I'm in sync with God, oh, come on, this is beautiful now. The sermon is coming alive. When, when you're in sync with the Lord and the Lord is working things out in his great imagination and, and great blessing and you are in sync with him, guess what? Whatever he works on is going to happen in your life. But if you're not in sync, there's not going to be that connection. And so God is saying, I want to give him the job. But he doesn't pray. He doesn't come to church. He never commits. What, what can I do? He never even prays for me to give him safety when he gets on the Gojeks. So how can I bless him? There is a disconnect. So God is in charge of multiplication, my brother and my sister. Allow him to do things for you and to bless you. And so allow me to leave that for a moment. Let's go to the second idea of multiplication. The Bible says, not the Bible, but Pastor Henry de, uh, devising a homiletical point. <laughs> this is a point I'm, I'm developing to you and I'm suggesting that multiplication centers on destiny. Everybody say destiny. I don't hear you in the back. Say destiny. destiny. Brother Leah, say Destiny. Hallelujah. I hear you now. I'm ready to go. Uh, and look at this. I, I got this idea from verse number five. Look at this. The Bible says, neither shall thy name anymore. We, we, we heard about names this morning. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram. Everybody say Abram. But your name shall be called Abraham. Because I'm going to make you a father of many nations. In other words, I'm going to make you a father who multiplies. Now, allow me to help you to see what God is saying to Abraham. You see the name Abram means exalted father. Because as a father in the time of Abraham, if you had children, you had praise. People exalted you. It was not Hosanna in the highest. It would be father in the highest. Because they praised you for having a child. Because having a child meant that your life or your line is going to continue. Your name is going to continue. And so Abraham, what he dreamed for, what he thought was his his destiny was to be this exalted father. You understand what I mean? Many of us, we have these dreams that my destiny is to be a CEO. My destiny is to be so-and-so. That, that's what we dream about. And, and, and that's okay. And we should dream. And Abraham was dreaming, I want to be an exalted father. But God says, no. That's too little. And that's too low for you, Abraham. Abraham, I want to make you Abraham. Because I want you to be a father of many or a father that multiplies. I want you to understand that what you are thinking about is too little. I want you to believe and to see that you are going to be something great. And so we, we read next week and, and, and other weeks you discover that Abraham has a child called Isaac. And Isaac has kids, twins, we call Jacob and Esau. And Jacob has 12 sons. We call Reuben, Simeon, Issachar, Levi, and, and, and so forth and so on. I can't remember them all. <laughs> and these 12 sons, they balloon into 70 people. And the Bible says that these 70 peoples, they migrated to Egypt. 
And while in Egypt, they become a great nation. In fact, Pharaoh enacts a genocide plan. But the more he kills them, the more they balloon and they grow. Because when you multiply by God, that's what happens. You multiply greatly. And these people, they develop into the nation of Israel. And so God is telling Abraham, Abraham, your destiny is something greater than what you see right now. I want you to be this great man that you are going to have this line of people and eventually the Messiah is going to be born. And eventually that people are going to believe in Jesus, us, and we are going to be the sons of Abraham. So hear me carefully. Abraham's destiny was for himself because he wanted to be an exalted father. But God changed his destiny that it wasn't not only for himself now, it was for the people that were going to come after him. And so my brother and my sister, when you're not being multiplied in your life, you need to ask this question, is what I'm asking for, for myself, or is it something that God is going to use to bless others? You see... Family businesses begin by one man sometimes. He, he has a dream that I want to sell shoes. And he has this dream and he goes on the street corner and, 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 and he picks up shoes. Uh, maybe they are uh, secondhand shoes or whatever. And he sits on the street corner and, and people pass by in some city. And, and they stop by and they look at his shoes and they say, wow, this man is really working hard. And, and they stop by and they, and they ask him, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to sell shoes. Oh, that's good. But I don't only sell shoes. I fix shoes. And, and so they stop by and, and their shoes are fixed and, and that kind of thing. And, and little by little, he gets a, a, his own little uh, room by the, the corner. And, and little by little, the room becomes two rooms. And, and three rooms uh, follow what I'm saying he keeps multiplying he keeps growing and then his store is in every mall like you understand what I'm saying and then he realizes that I'm so old but I want to make sure that when my kids and my grandkids when they come along they have something that they can call their own and so he is thinking not only about himself he's thinking about the future so my brother and my sister ask this question to yourself what I'm asking God to multiply in my life is is it for me or is it for others? You're praying, Lord, give me a job so I can travel the world. God is saying, no, I want to give you a job so you can give the world to people. You're praying, Lord, give me a degree so that I can... I can be a good teacher. God is saying, no, I don't want you to get a degree just to be a good teacher. I want you to train others so that they can also be good teachers. And so my brother and my sister, hear me carefully. When God multiplies you, he just doesn't multiply it for yourself. He multiplies it for those who are going to come after you. And let me ask you a question. Are you willing to invest money into somebody who is never going to pay you back? But this is what God is asking us a lot of times. Lay the foundation. Put in the hard work so that your kids don't have to take the busway. So that your kids don't have to ride in the anchor. So that your kids don't have to struggle. Put the foundation down and leave a legacy. That is your destiny. So when God multiplies you, he wants to multiply not only for yourself, but God wants to multiply you and for others. Is my dream, my desire to be multiplied just for me or for others? Hmm? Ask yourself that question. You just want to travel the different islands in Indonesia just for you? 
What if you thought about bringing your family not only in Indonesia, bring them to Africa? <laughs> you know, to the savannas of Africa, the safaris of Africa. You know what I mean? Think about getting that degree because you want to open doors for your cousins and, and your children. Think about opening that store because you want to make sure that others, when they, they are born, they have something, right? Leave a trust for your kids. You understand what I mean? And so this is what God wants us to look at, is what I want is something that is to be a blessing to those around me. Because you see, my brother and my sister, allow me to tell you something. You see, attitude determines attitude, right? What we think about really defines how far we're going to go. And so if you have a selfish, selfish attitude that you just want to be multiplied by yourself, you cannot fly in the, how did I put it? You cannot cruise to the high altitudes God has envisioned for you. You can't. Because God knows that this person, if I bless him, he ain't going to bless nobody else. If I give him money, that money will be spent in this trip and that trip. And you know how it is. We're we in the selfie generation. <laughs> Hashtag Bali. Life is good. <laughs> Only for ourselves. But God doesn't think like that. God wants us to go a little bit higher. And he wants us to take us a little bit higher. Allow me to bring you to the third idea about multiplication. And the multiplication centers on duty. Everybody say duty. So we know that multiplication centers on divinity. Everybody say divinity. It centers on destiny. 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 My little, my little nephew is called destiny, so I'm just loving that right now. Destiny. My sister's going to be happy that I was preaching about her son, but not really. But, uh, and the last point here is that multiplication centers on duty. And so I got this idea looking at verse number 10. I want you to understand this. God tells Abraham, this is my covenant that I want to make, which you shall keep. Listen to this carefully. Between me and you. God has lost this personal contact. And then he says, and your seed or thy seed after thee, every man child among you shall be circumcised. Okay, so let's break it down. You see, the covenant that God made with Abraham was a contract. Don't miss that. God says, I'm going to make this covenant between you and me. God made a contract with Abraham. But as you know, that every contract has terms. Maybe I'm wrong, Sister uh, Laura, you, you, you fix me later. But every contract has terms and conditions. Terms and conditions, are we together? Terms and conditions define acceptable behavior that you're supposed to carry out. And so God says, the contract is the covenant. You and me, we are in this engagement. There are blessings that I'm going to give you. There are certain guarantees that I'm going to give you. But the terms and conditions, Sister Pat, is that you must be circumcised. You, you have this duty to carry out. So let me put it, make it more plain. And so you, uh, let's take Gojek for example, right? When you look at the Gojek app, terms and conditions, I'm sure, I'm just, I'm just thinking and I'm making it up right now as I go. I'm using my homiletical imagination. I'm sure that one of the terms and conditions when you use the Gojek app is that do not copy the logo. Are we together? You can't trademark the Gojek logo as your own because it already belongs to Gojek. Are we together? But your 
advantage for using the Gojek app is that if the driver doesn't drive professionally, you can complain about it. Are we together? And so terms and conditions. And so my brother and my sister, allow me to put it this way to you. You see, if you want to be multiplied, you must agree to the terms and conditions that God has set. Pastor, break it down. Let me, uh, let me do that for you. And so you say, Pastor, uh, you know, uh, God, I want, to, I want to multiply my business. God says, hey, you want to do that? Okay, I agree. I think you should. But the terms and conditions is you have to give me 10%. <laughs> Are we together? That's the terms and conditions. That's what you got to do. That is your duty to give me 10%. So if you make a million US dollars, make sure that on Sabbath, when you come to church, 100,000 stays in the church. <laughs> you have to agree. Lord, you know, I want to multiply my Valentine's. Okay? So no problem. It was Valentine's Day the other day. <laughs> I need somebody to call my own. I, I need somebody to send flowers to. I need somebody to give me teddy bears and chocolate. God says, you want that? No problem. Terms and conditions, he has to be a believer in God. Hmm? Lord, I want you to give me kids. Oh, yeah, I'll give you kids. Terms and conditions, make sure that you raise them in my ways. Make sure that when you go to the store, they are not the kings in your life. Because the king is, is the line of the tribe of Judah. The king is only Jesus. Don't, don't make sure that your kids don't become kings, right? Make sure that you're able to tell the kids right and wrong. I, I, are you okay with that? Are you okay? Are you willing to agree? And so my brother and my sister, when we, uh, when we want God to multiply us, it always comes with terms and conditions. There are certain duties we must carry out. And if we do not do that, God says, okay, I can't multiply you because you are not willing to agree to the things that I have asked you to do. But I'm, I'm bringing something to you right now. Please don't miss what I'm about to tell you right now. This is money in the bank. It's ching, ching, ching. You see, God tells Abraham, I want you to be circumcised. I want the people in your house to be circumcised. What he was telling me is this, that Abraham, every time he got intimate with his wife, Sarah, he had to remember that I need to do my part. You're not getting what I'm saying. You see, a lot of times we want God to multiply us, but we don't study. How do you expect God to multiply your knowledge? We want God to give us more strength, but you never exercise. How do you expect God to do that? Are you understand what I mean? We expect God to do this and that, but yet we are not willing to move a finger. But we're not willing to move a finger. And if we're not willing to move a finger, God cannot move his fingers on our behalf. Because if he's only pulling his weight and we're not doing ours, God cannot multiply us in that way. But allow me to tell you something else about circumcision. You see, circumcision came to Abraham at the age of 99. He was an old man and that was painful. <laughs> Are we together? Can you imagine a 99-year-old man get circumcised? How painful was that? It was painful. <laughs> so let me put it to you like this. Sometimes when you want to be multiplied, it's going to cause you pain. It's going to bring pain. You might have to burn the midnight oil to be multiplied. You might have to discipline how you eat in order for you to be multiplied. It might cause you pain. And allow me to put it to you like this. Sometimes we have people in our lives that encourage gaming activities over gymming activities. Allow me to bring it to you so that you understand. You see, gaming activities is anything that is fun but doesn't add any value to you. 
Gymming activities are anything that you do that needs you to put effort, to put energy that is important. And so you have people in your life sometimes and, and they text you, hey, what are you doing? And you say, I'm about to go to gym. Ah, forget gym. La. You know, let's go out and, and, and go to the movies. You need to cut that person off. Because that person is not helping you to multiply you. They are discouraging you. You want to study for an exam and their boyfriend sends you an uh, emoji with, a, with a eyes, with a love heart. And, and he says, hey honey, uh, hey baby, let's go to the movies. And you're like, wait, wait a minute, I have to do my gymming activity of study. And you're saying, let's do a gaming activity of going to the movies. You need to be like, uh, uh, nah, this is not going to work. But so my brother and my sister, you have to be willing to put in the work. You have to be willing to sacrifice certain things if you want God to multiply you. And my brother and my sister, if you're willing to do that, God is going to bless you. And the terms and conditions that he has set are not going to be a bother. They're not going to be things that bring you down. In fact, it's going to be a blessing. So agree to what God has said. Do your part. And God is going to bless you. So So let me, let me just bring everything to a close like this. You know, let me put everything in a bottle. Yeah, in a, I'm, I'm going to put everything in a cup for you so that you can drink it. Like uh, I don't encourage coffee drinking, but a herbal tea, chamomile tea at Starbucks. Let me just put everything in the tea bags, right? So that you can drink this multiplication juice real quick. You see, divinity talks about who multiplies you, God. God is the one who multiplies you. Destiny talks about why he multiplies you. It's not just for you, but for those who are to come after you. And duty talks about what I need to do to make sure that multiplication happens. I want to talk to two people right now. I want to talk to two people right now. Two kinds of people. The first kind of person is a person who has done everything possible to multiply themselves, but they haven't succeeded. You have done the right things, but you haven't succeeded. But today you want to say, Lord, I've understood something different about how multiplication works. And I want to focus on these three aspects. And I want you to bless me so that I can grow. Is anybody like that? Let me see your hands. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Not everybody. I'm not done talking to the second group yet. But if it, 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 it applies to you. Lord, I want you to grow me. I'm trying everything that I can. I want a kid. It's not working. I want to get the job. It's not working. Lord, do something. I'm going to focus on divinity, destiny, and duty. I'm going to focus on that. I want to talk to a second group of people. Lord, I have multiplied myself. I got the money. I got the children, I got this and that, but I didn't do it with you. And today I want to invite you into my life. That everything that I do now, moving on, is going to be by you. I'm going to focus on that as well. Destiny, divinity, destiny and duty. Anybody like that? Let me see. I want to focus on you now. I've been doing it by myself. I want to focus on you. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed. Let, let us pray, let us pray. Heavenly Father. We are happy. You are the God who multiplies us. Heavenly Father, I want to pray 
for a brother and a sister who has tried everything but they haven't been multiplied. It is my prayer, Lord, that the principles we have learned today, divinity, destiny, and duty, may be the principles we stand on. May, may they be the things that allow us to see that, yes, multiplication is just around the corner. My brother, my dear God, it's not easy to give all you can, but not get what you think you should get. What I pray for is that you encourage a brother and a sister. Perhaps like Abraham, they are so old, 99 years of age. They have a physical limitation. They're, they're not able to achieve and they're not able to overcome because of something. But Father, you gave Abraham a child at the age of 100. And so I'm praying that whatever physical limitation that they have, whatever challenge they may have, Lord, you allow them to overcome it. Climb over to the mountaintop and Lord, may you multiply them. This is what I ask, oh God. And I want to pray for my brother and the sister who has been living life without you. Multiplying themselves, being successful and doing all kinds of things. But they realize that they have more pain than gain because they have left you. But today, Lord, they want to come back to you. And they want to ask you that you may do for them that which they cannot do for, this, for themselves. And so, Father, I pray for your blessing upon them. And I ask you that you would allow them to come back in the right course. Now, Father, I want to pray that as we give back to you what is yours, please accept it and bless it and multiply it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you, my brother and my sister.